Super Bowl 58 was a classic. I hope, I hope Clark, yep, we're talking about it. That's right. And I hope Clark Lee and company were taking notes. Saddle up. Here we go. You are Locked On Bandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Today, we are discussing the most watched sporting event in the world. That's right, Super Bowl 58. Uh, why would a Vandy show be talking about that? Well, a Vandy player was a big part of it. Oren Burks was pressed into extended action as a reserve linebacker in, 50, in Super Bowl 58. However, the Chiefs outlasted the Niners. We'll tell you how. Um, also, Vandy basketball had a rough one Saturday again. Does change need to happen? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that as well. So thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Oren Burks, who is a reserve linebacker for the 49ers, he was pressed in that action, or extensive action for that matter, early on with, the, with an injury to Dre Kinlaw. Played very, very admirably, but just could not hold on to the, or just could not hold off the Chiefs uh, enough. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes just put on a clinic there at the close of the game. This is how you do it. Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of great things within this game. I, I thought I'll start with the defenses because that's what dominated the game early on uh, before the both teams started kind of getting tired and the offenses kind of took over there. But I mean, both defenses I thought played extremely admirably and, and, uh, if Clark Lee was watching that, hopefully he took some notes on some of these pressures. Uh, there was one pressure, f- for example, on there was a third and four play. And there was a third and four play. It was late in the game. And I'm going to kind of jump around here with with different, different things. But there was a third and four play that the 49ers had that if they get this first down, they can run it down and kick the game-winning field goal or have the game-winning field goal attempt, uh, I should say, because special teams was – it, it was kind of rough there for the 49ers in the second half, but um, Steve Spagnola had a great call, um, brought a guy from depth, which you always think, okay, why would you bring a, why would you bring pressure from depth in such a, you know, in such a situation, but it ended up paying huge dividends. Uh, Brock Purdy didn't see him and he ended up batting the ball down uh, on a, on what would have been a first down. Cause Purdy had his guy. He knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. Looked off. As soon as he turned, as soon as he gets his eyes back around, uh, safety is right there in the in the throwing lane with his arms up, uh, bats the ball down, and uh, and there you go. You you give Pat you give Patrick Mahomes a chance to go down uh, and at least tie it, which they did, and uh, the rest is history. So um, what I liked about that call and and what I think Clark Lee should gain from that call is that like. Or what he should gain from just watching this game, because like championships are won with aggressive defense, and if if you do 
things like that, where in, in those type of situations, yeah, you got to get creative. And I, I love the fact that they brought not a conventional blitz, not something that, that you could snuff out. I, I thought they got, they, they slanted guys down. Uh, they brought a guy off the edge. They, they opened that lane up, uh, made the tackle set outside. Here comes a safety on a delayed blitz from depth. And uh, he's, he's, he's right there to make the play. And so, you know, with Clark Lee, how this is connected where, you know, I've seen Clark Lee do some of that too. You know, Clark Lee is, is, you know, he was an aggressive play caller at Notre Dame. Sometimes it burned him, sometimes it didn't. But, um, you know, I think you have to, you know, if you're going to do that, if you're going to be that kind of aggressive team, you kind of have to take what's, you know, what's going to be given to you. Okay. So I, I really, really, really like that play call uh, from Steve Spagnola. I thought uh, the, the way Steve Wilkes had his guys rushing, I think they got a little tired at the end and Mahomes just kind of diced them up. But, you know, I, I thought, I thought the game plan, the defensive game plan on both sides was was tremendous. And, you know, Steve Wilkes had, got dealt a really bad hand uh, early on with Dre Kinlaw going out. Oren Burks steps in, a reserve linebacker that hasn't that hasn't played a ton, and especially a ton in that situation against such a talented team. But, you know, I thought he played I thought he played admirably. Now there was some times where as soon as he came in, they picked on him with Travis Kelsey a little bit, you know, and, and had some of that going on. Um, but I, I thought he, I thought he played just fine. I, you know, I, I thought sometimes his lack of experience showed, but again, he, he made some plays. He, he stuffed the run some, I mean, he was, he was doing everything that was asked of him to do. And he played as hard and as good as he possibly could have. So, um, you know, very, very solid job there, and and it's and it's good to kind of see these Vanderbilt guys doing well uh, on that biggest stage and 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 being pressed into action there and not completely folding tent because like when people hear when people hear oh he's from Vanderbilt they probably just assume because Vanderbilt is not Vanderbilt's records haven't been very good they haven't been very good as a team in the team win loss column in in the SEC but you know you you've got you've had some really good individual players come through there that can do some really, really good stuff. And Oren Burks is, is certainly one of them. And, you know, I think he, I think he showed that he somewhat belonged out there and, you know, what is he as good as Drake Kinlaw? No, I, I don't think there's many people that are Drake Kinlaw is a special, special guy. And then losing him was a huge, huge blow for, for the 49ers defense. But, you know, I think, um, he, he wasn't a liability for sure. And so, you know, like I said, I thought he played very admirably. I think down the stretch, he just, I think sometimes it, you get in those situations and you, you kind of just go. And I, I thought Mahomes did a good job of capitalizing on their inexperience and capitalizing on the fact that, okay, they're not trying to give up the big play and they're just going to sit back. And there was really nothing that these linebackers could have done. So, um, hats off to that. So the defensive game plan, right? I, and and this is what I want to see out of Vanderbilt. This is how I'm going to connect it, right? Because I'm not going to just sit up here and just give you the give you the rundown on Super Bowl 58. I'm going to connect it to what I think should happen on Saturdays in uh, in Dudley Field uh, in the construction zone or or on the road for that matter. So if Vanderbilt's going to be good, they have like here's here's the thing with Kansas City. They have really good defensive line. Um, Chris Jones 
especially. But like everybody else is not like Pro Bowl, all, you know, all world, whatever. They have a bunch of guys that fly around and make plays. And they do so aggressively. And I think they have I think they have a good scheme that puts them in good position to make plays. I think Clark Lee can help his guys out as well. I think if you have Langston Patterson, you can kind of build around that, right? And you can do some things creatively, pressure-wise, like Kansas City did late in the game, like both teams did in the fir- in the first half, just trading, just trading shot after shot after shot. Brock Purdy was getting annihilated. And for the first time in a long time, I, f- I felt like Patrick Mahomes was kind of running for his life a little bit with, with San Francisco's defense, especially their defense line with Chase Young and Nick Bosa. They were getting after it too. So like you have to do things to where you put your guys in a position to make big plays because Vanderbilt is not going to be able to sit back and just play kind of read defense, soft zone, and just kind of, okay, I hope we don't give up the big play. Like, I think a team that, like Vanderbilt, who was 2-10 and 10 a year ago, should come after you. They should give themselves a chance for some takeaways. They should they should bring pressures. They should get creative. They should, get, they should be able to do some things, mix up coverages, because now you've got some corners from the transfer portal that can do it. You've got a big six four guy that can just jam somebody at the line of scrimmage. Like, why not? Like, really? Like, why not? You've got some guys, Zay, uh, Zaylen Wood from MTSU. I think he. I think he's somebody that that can put some moves on some people. Um, <clears throat> you know, Cordray Sindor. I think you've got some good edge guys coming in um, that that are going to be really good as far as getting to the quarterback and, and doing some things on the edge. So, and I think you've got some guys. I think you've, you've got some guys up front on the D-line that no one's probably ever heard of, but they play hard and, and, and they can get themselves in a position to kind of disrupt some things and kind of eat up some blockers for those edge guys and for some of the linebackers coming through. So, like, there's some there's some things to be had if you have the right game plan. And I, I, I'm hoping that there was a little bit of this, right, a little bit, a little bit of note-taking, right? A little bit of, you know, okay, I'm gonna draw that up. I'm gonna draw that up. Okay. And and saying, oh, well, this is what happens when you do bring heat. And bringing heat's not a bad thing. Are you gonna give us some big plays? Yeah. You are. Um, but you're also gonna give your guys confidence when you do hit the big plays on your end. So anyway. Um, like I said, great, great uh defensive game plan there. Um, so what I'm gonna what I'm going to do is um, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the Chiefs' uh, offensive game plan. We're going to talk about the offensive play in general, what 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 Vanderbilt can can gain from that as well from looking at the from looking at the tape here, scheme wise, what they can what they can garner from. And I'm going to try to make that connection as best I can. If not, uh, we're just talking about a good topic here on on a, on a Monday. So uh, stay locked on that. It's the Locked On Vandy podcast. We'll be right back. All right. We are brought to you by LinkedIn. That's right. We are brought to you by LinkedIn. So when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than 1 billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates, so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get quali- get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. They have, uh, there is currently 2.5 million small businesses using LinkedIn for hiring. So here's what you got to do. Do this now. Pause. Go do this. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back. It is segment number two, Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen. Make sure you check out Locked On SEC. Make them your second listen. And while you're at it, go check out Locked On Chiefs. I think that's what they're called. Uh, they just won Super Bowl 58. You might want to go check them out too after you listen to this. So, um, speaking of that, uh, when I say Chiefs dominate, I'm not saying they dominate the score per se, but they dominated late. And I think they gave themselves chance after chance after chance. And then they finally capitalized. Um, I, I guess chiefs dominate is probably not the right word to say in there. Um, but uh, I guess we'll leave that. I guess we'll leave that be. So anyway, um, maybe that gets your attention. I don't know. So, what what to make of this, right? Chiefs, 49ers, defensive. It's shaping up to be a defensive classic for like the first two and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden, here comes the offense for both teams. And uh, there was some there were some things that I think can be that can be learned across all levels of football here. Um, and we're going to talk about that angle because I'm not going to like break down the game from the perspective of the 49ers or for, for the Chiefs. I'm going to break down the pers- I'm going to break it down from the perspective of I'm Tim Beck and I'm watching this. Well, last segment I did it from Clark Lee's perspective, but now I'm going to talk about it as as if I'm Tim Beck. All right, because the point is like I'm watching this game as Vanderbilt's offensive coordinator, and I'm trying to figure out okay, I've got some like Kansas City relatively like aside from aside from Rashi Rice. And of course, Travis Kelsey, but he's not a wide receiver, so I'm not really kind of I'm not counting him really. Um, but aside from Travis Kelsey and somewhat Rashi Rice, like, the, like they they really don't really have anybody. Like Mikol Hardman, who caught the who caught the game winner, was traded to them. Actually, no, picked up. He was cut by the Jets, and. Marquez Valdez Scantling is just a dude. Like he's not he's not anything special. I mean, he's a he's a good player. Obviously, he's getting significant time for the Chiefs, but like I wouldn't call him a superstar, right? Um, let's see, who else? Um like you can't really, I mean, Rice, but like he he didn't really play a huge factor in this game. Uh Kelsey didn't play a huge factor early. 
uh, kind of did down the stretch, but like they like the weapons they really have are pale in comparison to like like I, I would I would say that the 49ers had a heavy offensive weaponry uh, advantage over Kansas City, uh, except for the quarterback spot. Tight end is kind of a wash. I think Kittle's a younger version of Kelsey. Uh, so that one's kind of a wash. The receivers, heavy, 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 heavy favorite to the 49ers. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, um, all really, really good receivers. Uh, Chris Conley, who had played admirably uh, as a fourth guy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, probably best player in the league. And would have been Super Bowl MVP had they won, and they almost did. Um, Brock Purdy, you know, obviously the quarterback position is heavy, heavy, heavy in Kansas City's favor. So if you're Kansas City and you know offensive firepower, you don't have a superstar. Your superstar is a 33-year-old tight end. That's your superstar on offense. That's not the quarterback, right? Because Mahomes can't throw it to himself. So it where the advantage was, and both these guys are very elite play callers. I think I think the only team that could have beat Kyle Shanahan in this season was standing over on that sideline, Andy Reid, right? And Andy Reid just proved that he might be the greatest coach of all time. And if I'm Tim Beck, if I'm Clark Lee, if I'm this coaching staff, I'm watching this game going, okay, we're going to be deficient comparatively, talent-wise, probably. We're going to be deficient against every, most of the teams we play against. It just is, you know, because, you know, at two and 10, you're just not, you know, those top guys. You play, you play in a league where all the top guys come to, but they don't come to you. That's just is what it is, right? It's not a knock. It just is, you know, that can change. And you certainly have some talented guys, but uh, you had, you know, you had three really talented guys that just left. Um, maybe these three that come in, we just don't know about them. That's that's why. So if I'm Clark Lee and I'm watching this, I'm looking at, at Kansas, especially Kansas City, I'm saying, okay, play calling wise, how can we get the best out of what we got? Okay. So you have to look at how they use Kelsey. Screens, crossing routes, uh, getting, you know, finding ways to get him matched up on a linebacker finding ways to leak him off the backside of a run, finding ways to, you know, run switch routes, you know, get him going over the middle intermediately and just finding ways to just kind of get him sitting in the zone. Now you've got, you've got a pretty solid tight end room. And I think when you look at the, when you look at some of the weaponry they have, that might be probably the strongest position that they bring to the table offensively coming back is that tight end position. So, you know, you have Cole Spence coming back, Tyler Fortenberry coming in off of the uh, transfer portal. You have Whit Edwards coming in as a freshman, uh, Cameron Johnson as a sophomore, 6'5", 221, um, probably going to be your incumbent starter. He's going to be a weapon. Like you've got some dudes at that position to where you could go twelve personnel and do some of the things that Kansas City was doing with with Travis Kelsey. Um, also motions, and I think you see some of this with 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 Tim Beck, which is encouraging. But 
the 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 very last play call where they uh, where they motioned Meikle Hardman like he was going to run a jet sweep or run an orbit and just and just broke him back outside uh, to uh, to the pylon like that's a really good red zone play and when you have a guy that has wheels which if you choose Pavia or Nate Johnson both of those guys have wheels to be able to break the pocket like that and that's a dangerous that's a dangerous thing as well but. What I thought Andy Reid did a really good job of was diagnosing pressure when and where it was coming from, and 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 really just kind of attacking where the pressure came from. I, I thought it was very poised uh, for the most part. Now early on, I think their their protections broke down, but early on, I think I, I, I didn't love the game plan early on. But like I think once they started figuring out, and I, I think it was all just like, and Andy Reid is a pro at this. But it was just all in like look, we're gonna feel out Steve Wilkes' defense. We're gonna see what they're what they're all about, and then we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of let them. They're gonna have some success early on, but we're just gonna let them do their thing, and that's exactly what they did. So, if you're Tim Beck, you have to, you absolutely have to look at it that way. Like, okay, how can I use motions? How can I use? Um, shifts how can i formation people how can i break tendencies how can i how can i help my quarterbacks which my inexperienced guy nate johnson if he's the guy or diego pavia who who's been in it how can i get them to break down what they're doing pressure wise pressure wise or defensively coverage wise you know and how can we attack those zones how can how can i get to how can i get my quarterbacks to get to the point now, obviously, these two are never going to be Mahomes. Like that's that's a lot. That's a that's a ton. Like for a lot of that was Mahomes checking in things and, and making sure and making adjustments. But like, relatively speaking, you know, relative to their situation and to their abilities, like how to the best of their abilities can he get them to see and diagnose these things, and eventually get get um, get them into good place. And so, I think again. Just, just understanding how patient Andy Reid was, and not panicking, uh, especially in some of these second, lo- second and long and third and long plays, like no panic there. Um, how they used motions to to create space. Like there was one play where uh, Rashi Rice goes, uh, he he shifts from one side to the other. They catch him in man. Um, the, the the guy guard him couldn't quite get over there. And he ended up going back up underneath uh, the inside receiver and was just a natural pick just by leverage and got a huge first down on, on, a, on a third long. And it's just stuff like that that I think Tim Beck could be taking notes on or should be taking notes on that I could see Vanderbilt kind of doing. And you saw a little bit of this in New Mexico State. So, again, very, very good game plan from the Chiefs. Very good, very patient game plan from the Chiefs. I thought the 49ers did great, except for abandoning, abandoning the run in key situations. I think there's some there's some times where they should have run it. I think I think Shanahan got kind of spooked a little bit when when Kansas City started having a little success. I thought he got a little too predictable with some of his things, especially the bootleg. So, um, again, that was just really good coaching on Andy Reid's part and on on uh, Steve Spagnuolo's part. So uh, what can we glean from this? Well, hopefully the Vanderbilt coaches were watching this and and, and, found, and, and saw how they can use pressures and motions and things 
to uh, to put themselves in, in really good situations. Oren Burks, man, proud of you. Uh, even though even though it was a loss, uh, proud of you. Um, you played played as about as good as you could. Um, there's just that team is just good, man. That's just all there is to it. That team's good. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, we're gonna wrap up the show talking a little bit of basketball, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll catch you back with that. So hang on. This episode's also brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets. That's right, one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet. That's right, and it's right here below. So that's one hundred and fifty dollars if your bet wins. What can you do with one hundred and fifty bucks if your bet wins? Incredible. So bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, um, welcome back. It's the uh, it's the third in final segment here, we got a couple of minutes left before we have to, before we have to wrap this thing up and uh, get out of here for uh, and wrap this thing up on a, on a post Super Bowl Monday. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We thank you for being in every all you everydayers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Couldn't do it without you. Um, we just wrapped up Super Bowl fifty eight, and the takeaways were that you have to be aggressive if you're going to win. That's right. You have to be you just have to be. You have to be aggressive. And so just hope to uh, just hope Clark Lee and crew is taking notes. That's all. And and, and I hope to see some of that cuz you got to be aggressive. If you if you're going to have a chance, you can go 2 and 10 again. But at least be aggressive. Actually, you can't go two and ten. But if you're going to go out, at least go out be being aggressive, right? Don't don't sit back and let it let it come to you. Go take it because you know good things happen, right? Confidence is built. Anyway, uh, team that doesn't have a whole lot of confidence is uh, the Vanderbilt men's basketball team. They they hung around early but fell apart late. Uh, shooting, I feel like I've heard this one before. Shooting plagued this team. Uh, South Carolina is on a heater right now. They're fifteenth in the country. Um, but uh, they're 21 and three as well. They were outscored 47 28 in the second half. Uh, they are one and nine in league play, six, six and 17 overall. Um, they actually, Vanity actually led at some point in the first half. They had uh, Ezra Manion and Tyron Lawrence and Evan Taylor were all playing really well. Um, but again, it's just the inexperience. You know, they just it was on the road. They just couldn't. They just couldn't help it, man. They just it. It just it almost seemed like it. It almost seemed like it was just a, an avalanche waiting to happen. And it and uh, you know, I, I think South Carolina just needed that first snowball. And well, they uh, they did. So um, South Carolina 
right it, right into the second half, hit a big layup, and then uh, Colin Murray, Murray Bulls um, hit this layup and then went on to to pour in 31, 31 points on a 14-4 run to open up the second half, and that was just the avalanche that South Carolina needed. Um, Murray Boyles was, again, he was uh, he was incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, this game was never in question once, uh, once the second half started, and Vanderbilt just fell apart again. So, again, tale of two halves. feel like I've heard that one before. Shooting kind of plagued uh, this Vanderbilt team. And I don't know, man, like it's getting – it's just getting – it's getting it's going from bad to worse, I should say. And and I don't know how many times I can say this. Um, I mean they were better, but like I don't know, man. Like I I don't I I don't really see it's hard to see the upside, you know? It's hard to see the upside. And it's just it's just getting bad. It is just I to me, it, just watching this team and how they kind of react to each other, I, I, I just feel like there needs to. And, and this is not a personal shot on on Jerry Stackhouse. I just feel like there just needs to be a change, man. Uh, and and uh, you know, I think there needs to be a jolt. I don't. I don't think this team is playing. I I, I just don't think in these situations where you have these big runs, like they can't. They can't. St- they can't seem to get back on track. Uh, it seems like they're forcing shots. They're not putting themselves in good situations. They're giving away the ball. They're taking, you know, they're, they're getting bad fouls, bad shot selection. There's, you know, there's just the substitution patterns are a little bit off. And 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 I get it. Lots of injuries, young team, not a lot of experience, but like you can kind of coach your guys along throughout the season like early on yeah you're going to struggle if you have a young team but you should see them getting better and more in tune because well you're going to find your deficiencies and try to lean into those as far as like okay we've we've got to really protect against these deficiencies and, and have something that goes against them and i i just don't i, I just feel like our deficiencies deficiencies it just kind of feels like, oh, well, we have trouble shooting. Oh, we're young. Okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, we're young. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Well, we're just gonna struggle through the season, and we're just gonna we're just gonna be young, and we're just gonna learn. And you know, no, man, like you got to figure out what you're good at, and and just try to try to go after it. Like if you're not a good shooting team, run, play defense, try to try to take the ball away, be aggressive. If you're gonna go one and nine. Just like football, if you're going to go one and nine or two and ten or you know whatever the record may be, go aggressively. Try to run. Try to try to try to figure out how to get the ball in transition. You're pretty good in transition. I think sometimes when Vanderbilt goes on their runs, it's because there's a there's a there's a takeaway and they get in transition and they've got a guy. They've got two guards that play really well run, running down the court. Um, and they play that they play the full court game pretty good. It's just when they slow it down to, to the half court game, I think sometimes they get impatient and force shots, um, and and get some of these other guys forcing shots. And you don't have big guys in in the interior to make up for that. And so you kind of get yourself into trouble a little bit. I don't think they figure that out. Doesn't seem like it at least. So I don't know. Maybe there's some. There's a lot of buzz about that. But guess what? Vandy baseball starting real soon. So 
um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into that more, uh, probably as, as we go, but, um, just be, uh, just be ready for that. I, I think having a successful team coming out, um, coming out of gates here in, in a few days is going to be a breath of fresh air for Vandy. Uh, Vandy fans are going to have something in baseball to look forward to. So we're going to look forward to that as well. So anyway, but that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. This one was a little bit Super Bowl oriented. Um, hope you saw the connection, but um, that's going to do it. We are the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back here next time. Until then, anchor down. <laughs>